On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll discuss a mixed bag of injury news and a couple of prospect promotions. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-throughs yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Wednesday, June 16th, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior, and with me here for this episode is Michael Beller. And Michael, let's get right to the big injury news. Uh, Tyler Glasnow has a partial UCL tear and flexor strain. No timetable for his return yet, uh, but obviously this sounds like something that could keep Glasnow out a while. Uh, he did say that he thought that a slick ball uh, may have been at least partially responsible for the injury. So reference there to the uh, sticky substance discussions that have been going on. Uh, Max Scherzer been placed on the IL with his groin injury and Cody Bellinger also placed on the IL with his hamstring injury. So both Scherzer and Bellinger look like that they might have been able to play this week, but uh, now they are on the IL. But good news, Michael, so much needed good news here. It is DeGrom Day. (laughs) We can say that now. Uh, Jacob DeGrom is the announced starter for the Mets against the Cubs on Wednesday. So very good news there. And let's go with a couple of other items that maybe aren't as bad as they could be. Joe Madden says that he expects Anthony Rendon to be out for just a couple of days with his triceps injury. Chris Bryant left the Cubs game against the Mets with a right hand contusion. So he had a hit by pitch on his hand, uh, but x-rays came back negative. Tommy Edmond was scratched against the Marlins with abdominal tightness. He is just day to day, at least for now. Uh, Bryce Harper and Gene Segura, they both left the Phillies game against the Dodgers early. Harper with a tight with a tight back and Segura with an apparent leg injury. And another injury uh, from this slate of games. Tucker Davidson had to leave after two and a third innings against the Red Sox with a forearm strain. He has already been placed on the IL. Bryce Wilson also started for AAA Gwinnett on Tuesday night, so he would seem to be the lead contender to take Davidson's place. Any interest in Wilson, uh, Michael? Wilson uh, made a couple of good starts during his last stint before being sent back down to Gwinnett. If I'm interested in him as anything other than a streamer, at least right off the bat here, it's because I really need pitching help in a 15-team mixer. Other than that, I think he's on the stream radar. All righty. Well, uh, continuing on here, Adalberto Mondesi, he was activated by the Royals and activated a day earlier than they had planned, but uh, they could afford to put him on the roster with Ronald Bolaños going on the IL. So he was just available to pinch hit only, didn't get in that Royals game. Uh, so we'll have to track and see what exactly we'll see Mondesi in the Royals lineup again. Nick Madrigal did have season-ending hamstring surgery, so... That is it for 2021 for Nick Madrigal. couple of prospect call-ups, one that's happened, one that's about to happen, Michael. Uh, Marlon's calling up Jesus Sanchez, who had been uh, red hot with uh, AAA Jacksonville. He batted fifth against the Cardinals, did go 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. But to be fair, only two Marlins in that lineup even got a base hit against the Cardinals pitching staff in that game. So Sanchez not really faring much worse than anybody else. Uh, where's your level of interest to get him on your roster I think Sanchez is mixed league relevant, maybe all the way down to 12-teamers. Probably not everyone in a 12-teamer could use him, but someone in every 12-team league 
should be willing to give him a shot. So if you're in a daily league where you can just go and scoop him, I would say scoop him and give him a chance here. He could really be an impact player despite what we saw from him in the shortened season last year. I think what we saw in AAA this season is a better representation of the player Sanchez might be long-term. All right. And Matt Manning, he is going to make his major league debut for the Tigers this Thursday against the Angels. Uh, Really a strange blend of uh, indicators with AAA Toledo, uh, 32 and a third innings pitched and 36 strikeouts, which is good. 10 walks, which is okay. But more home runs than walks, 11 home runs over those 32 and a third innings, uh, which certainly helped balloon his ERA up over eight. So it's not often that you see a prospect with an ERA that high get called up, but, uh, but here we are. Here we are indeed. The, the home runs concern me. I will let someone else take a shot on Matt Manning at first because those home runs at the AAA level, now graduating up to the majors, that has me very worried for what his first couple of starts might be. All right, yeah. I don't think you're alone in that, but uh, we'll certainly see how Manning does uh, in his initial starts starting on Thursday. Uh, John Means has started playing catch again, so still no specific timetable for his return, but uh, some good development there. Luis Severino has been diagnosed with a grade two groin strain. Uh, That will delay his return to the Yankees by at least an additional month. Ian Kennedy is back with the Rangers. He was activated on Wednesday, so presumably he'll slide right back into that closer's role. Seth Lugo with a two-inning save against the Cubs with uh, Edwin Diaz having pitched three out of the last four games for the Mets. So I don't think there's a whole lot there if you're looking for saves, but if you're in a saves plus holds league, Lugo is back pitching well, pitching in high leverage. And uh, if he's out there, I think you certainly need to pick him up. And Michael, this is just a just a curious note, not necessarily all that fantasy relevant, but Willie Peralta getting a four-out hold in front of Gregory Soto for the Tigers uh, at Kansas City. Um, so Willie Peralta back and apparently pitching in high leverage already. Let's do it. I mean, that's the uh, that's the benefit of playing in Detroit, right? As long as you've got something <laughs> of a pulse, it's like, all right, you want to hit third? You want to pitch in high leverage? Let's do it. Yeah, there, there we go. So, uh, yeah, Peralta just called up by the Tigers and uh, maybe becomes relevant in saves plus holds, but we shall see. But let's move on to the Tuesday standouts. All pitchers. The pendulum had swung a little bit uh, hitter heavy lately. We'll go back to the pitchers uh, for this collection of standouts. Luis Castillo, another good start for him. Seven scoreless innings, just three hits and three walks allowed uh, with seven Ks at Milwaukee. So his last three starts combined, 18 and two thirds with 19 strikeouts. Uh, seven walks, just one homer, one barrel, uh, presumably that homer, and a 14% swinging strike rate. Do you feel good about him at the Padres on Sunday? I don't know if we're ever going to feel good about uh, Luis Castillo this season. I think we just need to accept that he is going to be an up-and-down sort of guy. The streak he's on is nice. San Diego is a very tough matchup, as we know. I'm probably starting him if I have him. But that's just going to be the nature of the beast with Luis Castillo. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, and you got to hope that the former outweigh the latter. All right, and we're going to revisit Taiwan Walker here because we talked about him after his previous start, uh, but on Tuesday against the Cubs, just going up to another level here. Uh, seven innings, two runs allowed him, five hits and no walks, 12 big strikeouts for Taiwan Walker. And he's been getting the strikeouts of late. His last four starts combined, uh, 31 strikeouts over 24 innings, uh, just six walks and just two homers. So I'm going to ask you the question I asked you the last time. I've got him on a Dynasty League team that is on the verge of rebuilding. Uh, Obviously, his stock is just going up and up. Um, Do you think I should wait and see uh, if, if this continues? Or is this really the sell high window for him? 
I, I think you sell high still. He looked awesome last night. I watched most of that game. Really had the two-seamer working. He looked great. Got a ton of whips with the four-seamer. I mean, everything was clicking for Taiwan Walker in that game last night. A home run to Javier Baez, and other than that, he just totally dominated the Cubs. So I think this is a great sell-high window because I still think you get more out of selling him here than you do out of keeping him in the long term, just based on where you are and where he is in his career. All right, and yeah, where I am in my career. So, uh, <laughs> all right, we will uh, move on here to Kyle Gibson, who I, I wanted nothing to do with Kyle Gibson this week at the Astros. Uh, nothing against Kyle Gibson, just more about the matchup. Uh, so not viewing him as quite a must-start option, but he came through. Not a lot of strikeouts, just three over six innings, but also just giving up one run. Uh, so next week, a double dip for Gibson uh, at home against Oakland and Kansas City. So uh, that seems like a just a gimme right there that you have to start Gibson. But is there any matchup at this point that, that scares you for him? Probably not. I mean, with the way he's pitched this season, I think he has more than earned the benefit of the doubt in a tough matchup. I will say that he's going to get traded. I mean, I would not be surprised to see him on the move sooner rather than later if a team wanted to jump into the market early here. So he is going to get moved. I feel very confident in that. Maybe we recalibrate a little bit depending on the landing spot, but for the time being, I think he's a pretty easy plug-and-play guy. All right. Now, Chris Flexen is somebody who I intentionally left off the streamers list on the Tuesday episode. Uh, my bad, <laughs> because he was an, would have been an excellent streamer. It was an excellent streamer if you went ahead and used him. Uh, won eight scoreless innings against the Twins, just four hits allowed, eight strikeouts, no walks. Just a superb start for Chris Flexen. And uh, has been been much better of late. Um, now only 20 strikeouts over his last 27 innings, but also only three walks and only two home runs allowed. Getting the ground balls of late, 55% ground ball rate. Uh, all of that combining for a 2.67 ERA. Again, that's over his last four starts. And he's got maybe the best matchup in baseball for his next start Tuesday. Uh, he gets the Rockies in Seattle. I mean, it, it, I don't think it gets any better than that. So is Chris Flexen a one start streamer next week? I think he definitely is. And I love the pitch mix that he's been showing us this season. Four seamer cutter change and curveball. All of them have at least a 16% usage rate. So you can't really go up there really zeroing in on any pitch. Now, obviously you can catch up to some of his pitches better than you can others. Maybe even guys who only offer three pitches, but I like that he's been using that mix effectively this season. So there are elements of this that I am buying into in the long term. The fastballs are getting knocked, knocked around. Both the four-seamer and the cutter have a slugging percentage allowed better than 500. So don't love seeing that. He does still feel like more like a streamer than anything else. But next week in that one-start stream against Colorado at home, definitely want to be in on that. All right, I'm going to lump a couple of these standout pitchers together. Patrick Corbin and Dallas Keuchel, both going deep into effective starts. Uh, Corbin against the Pirates. Keuchel, a uh, much more difficult uh, opponent in the Rays. Uh, but uh, Corbin just giving up one run with seven strikeouts in a very good start there against the Pirates. He gets the Mets on Sunday. Keuchel, uh, also again, uh, with a tough matchup, he gets the Astros in Houston, but he tossed seven scoreless against the Tampa Bay Rays. So um, for a daily streamer, would you have enough trust in Corbin or Keuchel uh, with their respective matchups? Um, I am not going to trust Keuchel. I will maybe trust Corbin. But again, we know that this is going to be an up and down sort of situation for Patrick Corbin. Love that he took advantage of this great matchup. I'm not so sold that he can do it against the Mets. It's going to depend on where I am in standings, from head to head, where I am in the week, uh, in the categories, uh, because... Patrick Corbin can blow up against anyone. So that's where I feel on those guys. Good starts yesterday. Not necessarily trusting him over the weekend. 
All right. And one more to look at this weekend, Cal Quantrill, just four innings. So still getting stretched out, but uh, four very good innings against the Orioles uh, with four strikeouts, one run allowed. Uh, he gets the Pirates. So uh, pretty good matchup there in Pittsburgh on Sunday. Is he a viable daily streamer? I would rather have him than Keigler Corbin because of the matchup, to be honest. I mean, I know the volume might not be there for him uh, as it could be for those guys if they throw the ball well, but I just love that Pittsburgh matchup. So I would trust Quantrill over Keigler or Corbin if I was looking at one pitcher for Sunday. All right. Yeah. Maybe he gets to five innings in that start. That would be mm-hmm. nice. Uh, well, let's uh, bring the, uh, the the streamer discussion up to uh, to something a little more recent here. Wednesday. Wednesday streamers, uh, Brady Singer. He gets the Tigers, uh, Merrill Kelly at San Francisco. Ross Stripling been very good lately against some really tough competition. He gets the Yankees, which again could be very tough. Uh, Keegan Aiken at Cleveland and Bailey Ober at Seattle. So Ober in that twins rotation now in place of Matt Shoemaker and really getting some strikeouts in the minors and in the majors, uh, 15 strikeouts in 13 major league innings this season. Uh, so Singer, Kelly, Stripling, Aiken, Ober, who you got? You know what? The matchup isn't necessarily the best with Ross Stripling against the Yankees, but with the way he's thrown the ball his last four times, the way he's thrown the ball, really going back to that one uh, follower outing he had a couple of weeks ago, right before the team called up Alec Manoa, I think we've seen a very good version of Ross Stripling. He's actually the guy I trust here on talent more than matchup. All right. All right. Well, some intriguing options there to consider. And let's take a look at a couple of prospects here for our weekly prospect spotlight. Cal Raleigh and Nolan Gorman, um, both uh, obviously because we're talking about them, tearing it up in the minors. Raleigh uh, hitting 357 with six homers, over 131 plate appearances at AAA Tacoma, really bringing that strikeout rate down. Could see him with the Mariners soon. Nolan Gorman probably not up <laughs> nearly so soon with the Cardinals, but Worth noting that he's hitting 316 with 10 homers and three steals over 152 plate appearances at Double A Springfield. But whenever I hear about Springfield or Double A Reading for the Phillies, I have to look at those home road splits. Gorman hitting 239 with one home run on the road so far. So, uh, how much do you trust Gorman, or how much do you maybe penalize him for uh, having those lopsided home runs, home road splits? I think we have to a little bit, as you said. Something you always look at with that park, so I do think we have to, and I don't know if the Cardinals necessarily rush him this season, especially if they uh, you know, fall out of a race where they are really looking up at the Cubs and the Brewers in the NL Central now. Raleigh's interesting. I think we could see a good bit of him at the major league level this season, so he's the guy who I would be most focused on in 2021 redraft leagues. Gorman, let's keep an eye on how he's doing, but I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see him, or at least didn't see him until late, late in the season where he's not up enough to make a fantasy impact. All right. Well, two more prospects for us to watch uh, the time when prospects are uh, starting to get called up. So with that said, we're going to wind up this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15 and ask that if you do have a moment to rate and review this podcast uh, that you do, and we thank you in advance for doing so. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be back here on Thursday. <laughs>